0: Alright, welcome to Just Winging It. Check the mic, check the mic. We in the studio! You're in a place. You're, I you're am feeling in musical. A place. I'm feeling tired. You were doing some operatic singing a minute ago? I was. Well, we were talking about how now that we're doing our episode standing
1: up. Yeah. We always sound like we're. You can really right, hear the difference. On a stage somewhere. Now, when I say I'm John Abdullah. And, and I'm uh, Patrick Green. I feel like we just. the lung capacity. You know, it's just, thunderous. It is. Thunderous. That's the word. Thunderous. Yeah. We broke the meter yesterday, so I had to buy a new one. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. We use a yeah. device just for m- volume, you know, meters. I have the recording device for our thing, but then we also have a, a separate meter. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm imagining yeah. what that would even look like. It's an analog device, it's not digital, and it just has <laughs> like tubes. a barometer, you know, Arr- that just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'd buy that. So that broke, but. Uh... It exploded. Yeah, so how you doing? Now we're man? Back to I'm I'm all right. Happy you know? Monday. It's um, nice and rainy and crappy is, outside, It is, we're we're almost at Halloween now. I, we hope, are. I hope folks enjoyed our Halloween episode and are you know feeling in that place. Yeah. Um, the other timely thing that's been weird for me going through right now is. Uh, we had the death episode recently, mm-hmm. and my grandmother right now, um, on my mom's side, is in hospice, and like oh, wow. this just happened a few days ago. I'm sorry. To hear um, that. Thanks. Yeah. So so it's been. It actually was really helpful. The conversation that we just had. Like it's been in my mind a lot over these last few days. You know, it started with mm. um, Friday. So just a few days ago, um, I heard from my older sister, who I I unfortunately haven't really talked to in a long time, and uh, and my grandmother had been put into a hospice care it wasn't doing well she's had lung cancer for you know decades I think wow at this point um she's a fighter that's for sure she's you know lasted well beyond the the initial um it's a long time yeah it is and so she's not doing well and like we you know I went through this thing of thinking about whether whether to bring the kids there you know her being in hospice I mean they have a relationship with her already they don't they really don't so um Yeah, unfortunately, you know, this is a grandmother I haven't been very close with lately, Mm -hmm. um, for a whole, (laughs) lots of complex family reasons, and uh, so I brought the kids, and yeah, it was interesting because they, you know, they haven't really Grace, Luke has never met her, and Grace has met her just once when she was a baby, I believe, and that's it. Okay, so um, I thought it was important, you know, to bring them, uh, especially because I also thought it could bring some, you know, joy to my grandmother. Sure. And uh, and I'm glad I did. You know, it was really nice. And you know, now just kind of waiting for a call, and I'll try to visit every other day or something like that until. But uh, it's it's a strange thing away? to know someone's this... that close. You know, to death as we talked about um, quite a bit. They're they're yeah. close by actually. And oh, so it's and, easy
0: to get over there. Yeah,
1: thankfully. And she's at this hospice place that was uh, unbelievable. Um, in fact, Bethany and I talked about how we're gonna we're gonna go back to this place and just use it as a childcare later on because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, because they they have like a kids play area that is unbelievable. Really? Like I wanted to stay there. Really? Yeah, it's just like this little nook thing. It it feels like you're in a house or something. This part of it, uh-huh. and there's like a big fish tank, and then there's like tons of toys and books and like the big dollhouse. That's awesome, and, and it's so smart. I, you
0: can imagine that when kids are in a hospice situation, right? they need to have exactly. something to take because you know of them. Yeah. we were
1: there for about an hour only, and and uh, every few minutes we would like take kids for a walk or something because mm-hmm. you know it's hard to be in a room and it's like a little scary and so um so at least there's that you know it, it makes it a lot easier and was uh was your
0: grandmother able to uh w- was she like pretty alert and she's yeah yeah
1: the day that i saw her she was it's been like swinging you know ups and downs yeah. um but the day that i went with the kids she was more alert and able to you know certainly recognized us all and good we talked good, a little good. bit yeah so it was nice it was really nice being there i bet the middle um lot I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Did you get pictures
0: of the kids with her at all? I didn't. You mm. know,
1: that that's an uh, interesting point. Like, on one hand, I feel like it'd be nice, especially because, like I said, they haven't really had many, many interactions with her. On the other hand, she's in such a state that I feel like it wouldn't be, like, representative of who she is. Yes, you know what I mean? Exa- exactly. <clears throat> I totally and so, understand that. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. But I feel like, you know, something to sort of capture that would be nice. Um, And then, you know, now I'm also thinking about what's going to happen in the days ahead. I mean, I don't know which way it's going to turn, but it's not looking good. And we talked about, uh, you know, I had brought Grace to Bethany's grandmother's um, wake just about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And Grace was like in this time, window of time, where developmentally, I feel like it wasn't some, it wasn't like a big deal, and she was with her cousins, and so you know, she's mostly like playing and hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing the body at the wake just wasn't a big deal for her, but I feel like developmentally now, just this year, it makes such a difference now that yeah. she's three. And so, you know, Bethany and I are talking about what we'll do, and um, I'm not sure, but we'll keep you You're posted. You're gonna kind of play it by ear a little um, bit, yeah, I think so. But it was so helpful, you know, having, having the conversation that we had, uh, so close to this because. Just reflecting back on our own experiences, you and I, with grandparents and others who we've lost, mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, those intimate last few days and how meaningful they are. Yeah. Um, so it's an important You know, time. there's
0: no pictures of uh, the story I was telling about when my grandmother was yeah. uh, at, at it was hospice, like at home, basically. Huh? Right. Um, and uh, we were there for, you know, a long time, and there were no pictures that I've seen from that experience yeah. and i think that's important actually you think it's important that there to are not, not to not yeah. to photographically documented right? it because it, it should live in your heart and in the stories you tell and it's in you're right you don't want to remember somebody at no. that moment visually because it's not who they were for for 99.9 percent of their lives that's you know? right yeah um you know we're watching as i mentioned uh a couple episodes ago the haunting of hill house which yes. is an amazing netflix series and um one of the main characters is a mortician mm. and she became a mortician Basically, to make it so that the last time you see a loved one, you don't see them as a sick. Oh, wow. Basically. So, like, so she really, even though she's haunted by a lot of these things and she has kind of a hard time impacted by things that happened in her childhood, she believes that it's important to give kids and families, like, a a last image of their loved one looking more like their actual living image that's amazing in their life, which is really valiant, I think. Yeah. Although, um, you know, I I mean, I, I, like when I think of my grandmother, the one that was, that we were at the house of for that week, um, you know, I really don't remember her as that sick person, even though I knew her like that for a few years because yeah. she was, you know, kind of gradually going downhill.
1: Yeah. Similarly with my grandmother. I mean, you know, I've known now she's been over a decade, mm. um, you know, ill with lung cancer, but, uh, but still my memories are mostly before that time. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's
0: when you're out and about and getting pictures of things and, and, yeah. and, and that's, that's the person that you'll, you'll take with you. That's you know? right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, we'll be uh, we'll be thinking of you guys. Thanks. Yeah, that. I wanted to raise it because,
1: like I said, it was just a really timely thing that's happening in our lives, and a, a practical way of uh, maybe applying some of the crap we talk about every week <laughs> yeah right it's
0: nice when that happens it is yeah how are you doing uh hopefully I'm no good. there's to talk no about. there's no death to talk about that's there's good. a lot of winning to talk about a lot Hashtag. of winning there's a lot of winning yeah, yeah. let's well, hear about the it series last oh night, yeah that's and, right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> freaking red Sox won it's true i you can Very tell exciting. that i'm like you know yeah, i've I'm like, not well, been who won watching it at all yeah we destroyed um, the la i
1: didn't watch i mean it was on the back in the on the tv a few times when i was
0: out in the background, but like okay, I didn't actually watch any of it. That's what well, we missed most of it. But but yeah. it, it was it was nice, you know. Yeah, especially on, on game one. You know, we all got dressed up in our jerseys. Oh, that's Staten fun. And watched it. And, um, yeah, Jude. It's funny. He, his favorite ritual when we watch sports uh-huh. is to put eye black on because he just like he <laughs> any just, sport. It doesn't matter what yeah. sport yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So he that's always awesome. requests requests to put eye black on. Yeah. Um. Basketball. And it's become this like ritual now. <laughs> yeah. Like like competitive darts. You know. Right. Right. Um. So that's really fun. Oh,
1: that's fun. I uh, wonder about that with my kids now, because like I'm not super into sports as I've just indicated by you know, <laughs> right. the fact that I live in right. Boston and you know I haven't been watching the Red Sox. is it, well, and kind you grew of criminal. Up here too. It is. I, I, I did. I grew yeah, up exactly. A Yankees fan. So, oh, so wow. for me, this has so been for a very you, it's big a bit deal. mixed.
0: Yeah, and it didn't change until I moved to Boston. But yeah. I, I was really raised in the tradition of the of the Yankees. My dad's from New York. And yeah, those are the games. And we were watched. they like big into sports or? My dad has always been huge. into Yeah, sports. my dad too. Yeah. So that was something that we would do together. Yeah, and I have great memories
1: of that with my my dad too um yeah. so i feel like there will come a time probably soon where i'll start like at least getting into it a little bit more for them cuz it is like it's a fun thing and it's your part of your community and all yeah. that yeah and it connects you to the place you live in more yeah. directly like exactly. You, you feel
0: more a part of the everyday pulse of the community cuz yeah. you know you see like these are like my people out there these are people who like live and work here that are cheering on the television and i right. uh, sometimes we're there you know have you taken the kids to live sports in the past
1: not yet i'm trying to think no not yet we try to but do I that But I think that lot. would be We've fun. We've been to a lot of Celtics games, yeah? too, which is really fun. Oh, that's a lot really of fun. Celtics yeah. are a ton of fun, yeah. And we work
0: right here, so it's like super easy. Yeah, exactly. Easy. Um,
1: yeah, I have such mixed feelings because overall, like I said, I, I think I'll introduce them more, but I think about just like you know, the limited time we have and all the things we can do, and I just mm-hmm. have a hard time these days prioritizing sports at all. Yeah. Um, like, I'd rather focus on, you know, the arts or, like, things that are more <laughs> interesting. <laughs> that sounded like such a... Well, excuse arts, me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about high art here. I'm saying, like, Star Wars movie, you know what I mean? I'd rather could right. take a couple hours and watch that probably than a sports yeah. game. Um, and I, I, that's not a bash. It's just like for me personally, yeah. you know, sports don't have any kind of uh, resonance. I guess I don't know. I, I feel bad saying it, but uh, why?
0: It's it, that's that's your that's your. It's life. true. It's true. I mean, I, I I would like to follow sports a lot more closely than I physically can, but I just don't have the time either for it. So yeah, for me, you but follow like two million other things. Yeah, there's, there's too many other things <laughs> going on, including the other thing that we won this weekend, what which did the we Formula win? One World Championship was the decided. U.S. did. No, no, no. No, Lewis Hamilton won it. He's actually British. <laughs> but I'm saying in, in terms of winning, it was a big deal, The The World Championship for the Drivers' Championship yeah. got wrapped up this weekend. Um, and it was a really good season. There's still a couple races left. but That's um, exciting. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good final final championship deciding race mm-hmm. um, in Mexico. A lot of fun to watch. And that was, uh, I got to watch that with the kids, which was nice. always enjoyable. Yeah, I, I got to say, go, going to races with Jude, as you know, has been a tradition for a long time and uh that's something that I I just absolutely love because it's not when when you when you pay to go to a sporting event yeah you know, you're not paying to have a better vantage point because no. you can't see shit. And, so which true. is so funny. The it's first time you go to a Red Sox game, you're and, like, yeah. I can't see anything. You're like looking at the scoreboard and you're like, Is that a ten? Like, what? and then you're just <laughs> on your phone looking at the score. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you realize that unless you have really great seats, but even if you have really great seats, you can't see anything when you go to no. a race. I mean, nowadays,
1: HD TV, you know, HDTV, you know and like an HD television at home is going to be
0: way better. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And all, and you have professionals who are curating what you can look at. That's right. Who know, yeah. like, oh, this guy's stealing this base. You might want to look there. Whereas I'm like, you know, looking at the <laughs> at the outfield, being like, "What is that on the? You know, yeah. is that a bird? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so it yeah. helps a lot with that." It's way. so true. Um, it, when you go to a race, if you pay for really good tickets, you, you typically- It actually is a w- better vantage point. No, it's not. It's oh, a, it's okay. A wor- it's worse than ever because you're like- Because <laughs> you, you can only see one part of the track of course, at a time. Yeah, These yeah, things yeah. go miles and of miles, course. you know? And they're right. all loopy and they go behind elevation. So you can just see one corner. And then the whole time, you know- It must they, be so exciting when they pass you, though. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> But But totally, that makes sense that it would just be- Oh, those are good. Those, You've been that practicing that, yeah. are we, Ready?
0: Oh man, that's going to The really Boys, good. must yeah, it sounded amazing? I can tell. It's the best thing I've heard all day. That's the best thing you are going to hear in the rest of your life. <laughs> wow! Um, but you, you really, you know, they they put these giant monitors at at, at like every single grandstand section okay. because you have to watch yeah. the television broadcast yeah. to know what's happening, right? Uh-huh. So you are really not paying to go there for that. You are paying there for the experience, oh, totally, for the smell and for like the physical crush of people that are there, and just absolutely for, like, the sense of of. Um, part of it's a sense of giving in to breaking a pattern mm. you know like going to a sport event is not an easy thing to do you know <laughs> right it's like you I have mean, to yeah to... there's harder things well, there's more arduous kids. activities I mean, yeah oh, i'm not saying i'm not saying true. gotta get a trophy right. but i'm saying I, you know yeah, bringing kids, kids to a sporting right. event yep. but even just going to especially one of especially something with like... a
1: stadium i feel like you know just like usually they're kind of like a little bit further out of the way and you know the parking and like right just it, this, and you gotta
0: is, like you gotta plan you gotta bring the right things with you and then you gotta yeah. get through security and then you know right like so right. I mean Jude was going to Celtics games and he was still in diapers and that was like a huge mess because then it's, every time there's a there's a diaper change <laughs> you know I have to go walk down the whole stadium you know the side of the stadium then go right. to the bathroom they so. don't have changing tables probably the, right uh, exactly uh, men's and it's, it's just it's just it's involved you yes know? indeed and it also is. it's the the act of like whenever you want to spend money it's just going to be a lot yes and and you have to. Be at a point where you're like, that's the point. That's the experience. The point yeah. is to be kind of irrational. Yeah. Right? yeah. The point is to do something hard, to get back too late, to yeah. have to get up early again the next day and be like, oh man, I'm tired. But I'm tired because I did this fucking crazy thing last night. Totally. And I spent $90 by accident. But like, it's by okay accident, because that, yeah. was, that was why I was doing this. Totally. You know? And then you, you remember it forever. So like that Montreal story that I've told a oh, million times. Yeah. That one, to me, is like the epitome of that because it was just so irrational and so ridiculous. And I still remember it so vividly. And I'm sure Jude will, too. Yeah, exactly. No,
1: totally. What I'm really excited about there, uh, even more so than sports, is um, concerts. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know. I mean, it's so loud. Like, physically, it's, uh, you know, it'd be damaging to their ears to bring them (laughs) without covering them with something. So I don't know at what age, but, like... Um, I mean, Grace has just been so obsessed with you two. <laughs> and, oh, and like, really? I haven't. No, the thing is, like, my approach and what I'll try to do with sports as well is like introduce them, you know, and see what yeah. they kind of like blob yeah. onto. But for for her, really, you two. I mean, it's is like... is that the
0: only thing that you play in your house? Yeah, constantly, just all the time. I started it's just like when she was noise. in utero, and yeah. then yeah, You're like, exactly. In the name, this white noise, exactly. Yeah. Thing um. But every time I hear you two, I just I just start singing in the name of love in my head. <laughs> I don't hey, know it's why. It's a great song. song. <laughs> it summarizes you too, right? It does, In the name yeah. of love. Yeah. Um, so
1: so anyway, I'm so excited for that moment when I can take her to a concert. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, you got to be careful with that one too. Not just because of the sound, but also you're stuck in a crowd. That's the difference and with like, concerts, exactly. you know, that experience, I mean, if they are not liking it or enjoying it, you have to leave. And then and, also and the price of it. they ruin it for people, They right? do, yeah.
0: And that's the thing. As a musician, something... That I can very much appreciate is that <laughs> it can be distracting sometimes. Oh, if, totally. If there's kids yeah. just screaming yeah, yeah, in the—I yeah. the mean, crowd. not the concerts
1: I'm talking about, but yeah.
0: Well, I mean, maybe not, but but for the people in the immediate vicinity of you, right. like, yeah, it kind of ruins their experience. <laughs> I'm just thinking a lot of the people that I'm at
1: these YouTube concerts and other concerts basically turn into kids when they get there. I right, see like right. you know, middle-aged men up there
0: like screaming, screaming there. The yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. So, but yes, totally. You know what I mean? Um, but for smaller things or for classical oh, yeah. music, obviously classical music. But for for yeah. a lot of things that. um you no, know, totally, you have right. an impact. Or like Same with if, the movies, too. If Grace, during a ballad, starts screaming, yeah, you know, yeah. during – I'm trying to think of like a good <laughs> – what's the song about, that they did about uh, – oh, you've got to – Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah Stuck if, in a moment. if, if and everybody's all emotional, and then she's like, ah, I pooped! Right? You would feel bad That is what her, she right? would do, yeah. She'd be yeah, stuck. That's She's standard. like, I'm, not, I'm stuck in poop, not a moment. Right. you <laughs> like, I'm stuck in a diaper, and but, I can't uh, get out of it.
1: To be fair, it still wouldn't make a difference, because some other grown man is yelling that, too. They're crying loudly, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, just pooped I,
0: myself! I, I have been taking Jude to see things. Yeah? More. Yeah. um, his, He's going to be there for my concert in March, which right. I'm really excited about. But that's you know. different, too, because it's yours. I mean, you know. It's... Right, right. But by the same token, I mean... W- he didn't come to anything for a while because yeah. I was so paranoid about that. Yeah, oh, that makes sense, yeah. And it's been kind of liberating. Like, for example, I sang a concert back in uh, December, and I really wanted Micah to be there for it because mm-hmm. I, I wanted her to hear the music, and I was really excited about it. Of course. And I was like, you know what? I feel like Jude is at an age now where he could do it. So mm-hmm. so my family, or her family, I don't remember who it was, came up and they stayed with Henry and kind of partied with him, and then Jude and Micah came to it, and he was, like, loving it. Oh, it was, like, out in the town. The he had best. his, like, scarf on. He had the program. <laughs> And he was really attentive during it, and because he, he's really good. He has a good musical ear, yeah. and he was really following it, and we talked about it afterwards, and so I've been taking him to more things. That's awesome. Because that worked, you know? Right, exactly. It's like you have but, to test
1: it out and see. Exactly, yeah. Same yeah. thing with movies. Yeah, you're right. Right, yeah. Yeah, I haven't done that yet, but we're going to take Grace in maybe two weeks for the, um... Halloween? Yeah, two weeks after, oh, right. <laughs> after Halloween? No, yeah. it's not that. It's, uh, what is it? The Grinch. There's a new one that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, that's coming out already? Um, yeah, in two weeks, yeah.
0: What? Yeah. Man, I'm so out of the loop. Early of this November. Shit. It's I am like so like 10th or something. I'm so far down the rabbit hole with the the piece that I'm writing right yeah. now that I am like, I seriously actually have like like a little bit of short term memory loss. Like I noticed the other <laughs> oh, night. Oh God! I was asking. My I, I was, was wondering like, why you had do? all those tattoos, the <laughs> yeah. memos on you. It's like memento well, I style. Do, yeah. I did get tattooed on um, Friday. Which did you really? Part of, yeah, yeah. I, I, what my, is it? My alien tattoos coming coming along. Ah. Oh. Um, and and it's I, not yet fully operational. But. Not yet. Yeah, not yet fully fully operational. But I, I don't remember what happened immediately after it. I was thinking maybe it was like the epinephrine coming down from getting a tattoo. But I I think it's just because I'm like thinking about is the this ballet one so we much. Make, uh, we should make up some science for. Yeah, we should. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the I apples think, come late. I think it's related
1: to the apples coming
0: late. It is the apples coming late. Meteorology. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but I was like thinking uh, it's either it's either that or it's because I'm just like. So stuck in the mindset of stuck this ballet, stuck in a moment, and can't get out of it. <laughs> that um, I'm really not like there's not, not really much space for new information. Yeah, but you I really need to get yourself together. It's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> this is a good song. It's a good song.
1: It's about suicide too. Someone who committed
0: suicide. Is it really? Yeah. Oh man. So listen to it again it and think about sense. that. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I will. Sorry, I keep maybe to I bring will. This You're, conversation d- you dark. Are just dragging this shit down. <laughs> oh man. Should we just transition? But, yeah, we should.
1: Wait. Yeah. There's one fact check I have to do. I have okay. to do this. Factcheck.org because after we talked. It didn't sit well with me, and I had to come back to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm here to tell you definitively: spring chickens. No, (laughs) that that probably was fact that Mr. Rogers did not serve in the military. What? That is a widespread rumor. Like it'll actually, if you Google it, it'll come up as like you know as rumored across blah blah blah. But he did not serve in the military. That's crazy. And I wonder was he enlisted? I have Did no it? idea. I mean, I didn't read, you know, I didn't read that extensively into it. So, but that's a myth. This? You want Cause, Snopes? Because I was thinking about it after because I was like, you know, what, they didn't talk about that at all in the documentary. And I feel like that'd be a pretty, you know, key part of like his identity, right? And uh, sure enough, you know, I started Googling it. And yeah, I don't remember if it was Snopes or some other sites, but like it was clear that it was coming up as like a trend thing. That, wow. Um, that he served in the military. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Because yeah.
0: people bring that up all the time.
1: There was also, I didn't even click the links to this, but I don't know if you've seen this. I've actually seen it because when I search for an animated GIF for giving the finger, which, you know, obviously Pretty we do Pretty frequently, lot, yeah. Um, there's this, like, really old footage of, uh, like, black and white. And it looks like it might be Mr. Rogers, um, giving someone the finger.
0: Okay. And, like,
1: doing a wind-up kind of thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Um... And there's some kind of you know fake thing about about this being his first episode of uh, Mister Rogers too, and I, I don't even know what the details of that are, but that was kind of interesting. But side it's note. not real. Um, I don't think so. I mean, again, I didn't really click on that. I've one. I've seen that. Before, I was very focused looks, on the military it looks explanation. Real to me, I
0: gotta say, I've seen that. You're so about.
1: maybe it is him, but it's not part of his first episode or something like that. Maybe know. that's the rumor. Um, one of my favorite, I don't
0: know. One of my favorite Mr. Rogers things is the uh When he served in the article. Marines. Well, his time Vietnam. as a war hero. Yeah, yeah he dropped Heart. Napalm, Multiple actually. Purple Hearts. He dropped the atomic bomb on uh-huh. Hiroshima, actually. Yeah, yeah. Very tragic. That's, fa- was, that's fact right there. He was three years old. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, Mr. Rogers things is a long-form article that I think was written by Tom Ginote for Esquire. While well, Mr. Rogers was—I keep saying Mr. Rogers—while well, Fred Rogers How can you was not? still alive. I know. yeah. Um, and you get see more of his personality and like how ribald he could be because he he would drop f bombs and things like that. Like oh, he, sure. he was a regular person, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course. And it starts with him because um, he would go swimming every morning. Yeah. And it starts with him just naked and in the locker room, like, getting ready to go swimming (laughs) and just walking around naked and just, like, having these really deep conversations with people. Yeah. And Mr. Rogers would just, like, not even be totally oblivious of the fact that, like, his junk was hanging out. He have a swim cap on. And he would just be, like, just checking in with, like, people, like, his friends from the gym, you know? Wow. Um, And then he would be like, shall we go swimming? Like, let's go. And then he would go out. (laughs) And you just hear over and over again how everybody- the next episode of, you know-
1: the the show while he's just buck naked. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's hilarious. I, I'm sorry, but I have to pause there, because have you had this experience, this awkward experience in the gym? You go to the Y as well, so yeah. I don't know if this is a Y thing or just gyms broadly, but um, The answer is yes. I'm I know where this is going. I'm sometimes shocked by uh, the lack of um, uh, humility, maybe? <laughs> It's crazy. I don't know. I just, I open the, the locker room door and sometimes it's just like, bam. Just cock and balls everywhere it's you like <laughs> It's yeah, like a 70-year-old man. It's
0: always old people. No, know. I feel bad. It's <laughs> Which, always old people. Uh, you know what?
1: To be fair, there's a certain age, you reach it, you cross it, and you don't give a fuck anymore. I think that that could be part and of it. I, I can yeah. appreciate that part. Yeah. What is most baffling to me is when I see two men who are just like, like the Mr. Rogers example, having like a regular conversation. Yeah totally naked but i'm also kind of like uh, that's
0: kind of refreshing because i do feel like we're sort of uptight about our no it's like, true we are sexual we like, are. sexuality yeah and, and just... there's nothing sexual about it right no but it's impossible for you or i being of this generation yeah to look at that and not be like oh that's kind of i mean of to be weird. fair there's you the know. sexual component and there's the like oh there's also just the revulsion <laughs> which to me is like when you uh, see people which sitting you know, down, i'm sorry to say is a reality no I, but like you... people like putting their grundles on the bench <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like come on the yeah. worst though is when you go on the song i love i love a good sauna Like yeah. sometimes i'll, I'll go in i haven't and really partaken like, myself in the sauna oh, i'm man, afraid to what's lurking love. in there well you just got to use towels and like wrap yeah. yourself very thoroughly <laughs> but i do love like there's nothing like going for like a nice like long run and then you just set aside 20 minutes and you just go and sit in there and just it's very refreshing yeah very oh, i bet. Mm-hmm. and then like a group of nine men with just no shame <laughs> will come in and be like hey billy can you run <laughs> me down and they'll be just like you know putting oil on their junk yeah i'm like what the <laughs> fuck what is up with this place? It's good for them. You know what? They're in a different for them. place and, and than they, we are. they have no, no. idea of w- that what they're doing is is maybe potentially weird. making potentially making uncomfortable. And then some they try to like drag me into the conversation and I'm like, A, I've been here for ten minutes and I'm like deep in my own thoughts, I'm really enjoying this. And B, I, I'm not gonna look at you. <sighs> yeah, so, you so just gotta I, I'll icon, be just looking like, just, at the, just the eyes. Just like you magnetic know? Like, eye contact. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's what you kinda have to do in you these do. situations. You absolutely do. Um but the worst is when they don't put a towel down. Yeah. I'm like just a sweaty <laughs> ball sack. Oh God! It's so so
1: now you can imagine Mr. Rogers doing all that. <laughs> yes, exactly. That right? all He's connects. He's fucking great, though.
0: Oh, yeah. Such a war hero. You
1: got to watch it, man. You got to watch it so we can talk about it more. <laughs> yeah, he is a war hero.
0: Um, as we turn as transition here, I have a yeah. quick, a quick little parenting story that I want. to Please, of course. So this is a parenting, somewhat of a parenting podcast. Yeah, that's probably probably fits, is. right? Yeah, it probably does. Yeah. 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 Um. So Friday at Jude's school was Crazy Hair Day. Of course crazy yeah. hair and hat day. Okay. Uh-huh. Now Jude, as His I mentioned, already has already been a going pro, through. So he's, he's got I, yeah, this. He's yeah, already varsity in that. <laughs> as as I've mentioned recently before, he's been kind of more self-conscious lately and kind yeah. of trying to recontextualize himself with these new kids and wanting to fit in. And he has all this drama where he's like, feels like he's being singled out, and then yeah, you know, he's, it's just sort of an emotional time. He's got for him. kids drawing Death Stars all over notebook. <laughs> yeah, Ryan is yeah. very gifted at Death Star. Yeah. Of. Um. So th- this is something that I've I've been a little worried about. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm um, Earlier in the week, I had been I had, he because he was saying you know other parents drop their kids off at school like why don't you do that for me and I was like you know what let's let's do it like I'll go in late I'll drop you off at school I'll drive right oh, up there. Oh interesting. So was know. he not and
1: liking the bus experience or like what about it? more just that he sees fun, other like, other kids? Yeah, because other kids. So he's basically have... saying other kids have better parents. That's what he's saying. Okay. Yeah, he's saying yeah. other kids and you don't felt have immediately guilty about that, bags
0: and... as parents. Yeah, which
1: we are going to have an episode on guilt by the way, just as a little teaser here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, and and
0: this this is I'm not even going to get into the guilt aspect of this one, there. Cover guilt, that later. Yeah. There are guilt aspects of the story as well. Yeah. So um I was like, you know what, well, yeah, I'll drop you off at school. That's that's cool. You know, you can the other kids can like see that, you know, you're getting dropped off too. I get there and uh I of course everything was running behind. Yeah. Micah just barely made it to her train. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm just trying desperately to make Jude's lunch, and like I can't find anything because like we haven't gone shopping in a while, and I'm yeah. like running out of time. And Henry's crying, and I'm like, "Oh my god, we gotta get in the car." So we get in the car, we go there, and they lock the doors at eight. Oh wow! They lock the doors. You can get in if you like call the principal, and they like send somebody to do it. Call the principal. Yeah, could literally, there be someone like they at the front? Locked. There's nobody there's there. Is a
1: secretary? I mean, do you really have to go all the way up to the principal? Yes, the principal
0: has to wow. unlock the door. Yeah, I mean, because you all gotta the call in like an authorization things. code. You know, yeah. <laughs> now asking for clearance. Clearing.
1: This is parent
0: five for? Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like very intense, and I really did not want that to happen, obviously. And I also had Henry in the car, and because we were running behind, I didn't have time to change. And of course I was wearing and my shark pajamas. Because, you had to poop, didn't you? Uh, I, Wait a minute, I you did were... also have to poop at this point. <laughs> but I kept my shark pajamas on. I just on. Hope you didn't use the kids bathroom. And, no, thank God. You've and learned. these were the ones that, like, they have like this huge three-dimensional. You actually shark.
1: dropped your kids off.
0: Well, because you weren't expecting. to I was to get in out the, the car. car. All right, right. All right, right. right. And I was enough. thinking. You know what? I I, yeah. I don't have time to do this. No, right I, now. I hear you. I'm going to drop them off. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's a drop-off line. You know, did in the shark pajamas line. go all the way up to your head? Like, did the, there's the... a, well, there's this huge three-dimensional shark that looks like it's eating me. That, that, uh-huh. these pajamas, and so like it terminates around my torso. Okay, with this so big then that's mouth And then yeah. a wetsuit above it. So it's very they're very so the intense. People who pajamas. are seeing you driving, would they just you Oh, okay, he's going to work. He works, you know, at the he has a aquarium. wetsuit. Job. Exactly yeah. right. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's typically what people would assume. Yeah. That, you know, and they have no idea that there's a shark prosthetic thing, you know, going on. Yeah, um, so that's fine. That's which legit. you can't take off because it's like I attached. I the decision. Yeah, right. And it was quick, right? Yeah. So I'm in the drop-off line. There, there. I can see people, like, you know, I can see kids like rushing to get in there, and I'm like, all right, like, have a great <laughs> Before day. Before they lock the doors, <laughs> I'm just imagining the doors
1: slowly closing, you know, <laughs> and the kids are rushing through, and like, <laughs> just so that last kid, Johnny, doesn't get crushed by the door. It's always Johnny you know, getting he's crushed. He's always Johnny's his hand always... is reaching in, <laughs> yeah. and the rest no! of his body. <laughs> 8 o'clock is 8 o'clock, kids.
0: Um, and then I realized like all these other parents are walking their kids to the door oh, and I'm like, no. fuck, because I assume that there's somebody there for the kindergarten kids in the drop off line to be like, Hey, here you go. Right. Yeah. Cause that would make sense. Right? right. There'd be like a couple of like classroom parents out there yep. and like help the kids get up. There's nobody. It's so just So now you have that feel. decision
1: point of like, am I going to be the, you know, D bag parent who just like
0: opens the door exactly. and pushes the kid out. Right. It just j- j- shut, you know, shoves them yeah. off. Yeah. But meanwhile, I have Henry in the car. Right. right. Who's freezing cold and, he... and I'm wearing fucking 3d shark pajamas <laughs> and it's closing in eight seconds oh no what so, did you do uh, so Jude went alone and I was like frantically trying to like make sure we got in the door because in my head I'm thinking he he's clearly been abducted yeah. you know yeah no he he didn't give a shit he was like so happy to be going <laughs> and so he's just running and I'm trying to stay like people are honking at me to move because I'm in the drop-off line yeah. I'm like I'm trying to make sure my son is hey they're trying to get their kids in before I know, that eight seconds right? too, they probably also have short pajamas yeah right right yeah. so I'm like pulling ahead and then I lose sight of him for a second around like a little bend yeah so the whole rest of the day, of course, like I think he's just he's been, been abducted. completely abducted. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I decided the I was The prowlers make it up, or make usually hang warm. out just before the door, right in front of the you principal's know. office, because they know they're, they're going like, to pick on, up. On. It's like
1: the lion with the you know the gazelle. Like one of them is just going to lag behind, and the they can snatch the him. Yeah. it's going to be Johnny because he yeah. gets locked out. Oh, time.
0: Johnny's always locked out. So and, this Man, is and is he's lost his way. arm already, so he's wounded. How's he going to defend himself? Exactly, Johnny. So this is a long-winded way of getting to Crazy Hair Day. So we knew Crazy Hair Day was coming. We were very excited about it. Uh huh. Um, and we had got green hair dye for Jude, and he was like all about it. And then the morning That's of, awesome. of course, he was like not going anywhere near the green hair dye. He was throwing fits about it. Ooh. He was like, "Everybody's gonna make fun of me. I'm gonna look stupid. Aww. Everybody's gonna like single me out. Nobody else is gonna do it." And I'm like, "Everybody's gonna do it. It's yeah. fine. It's crazy hair and hat day. Yeah. I bet everybody's doing So You this just thing.
1: tried to sort of uh, energize him about it again, and I was like, uh-huh. "You
0: know what? Like, don't look in the mirror. I'll tell you what. Like, I'll just do it for don't you. Look in the mirror." Because yeah. I don't want him to be fixated. On of it. course, I was, like, you yeah. Know, like, we'll just do a quick while you're eating your cereal. Yeah. And, like, I'll make it look really cool. should have just go. done it while
1: he was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Next time he looks in the mirror, it's just, ah! yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so I do it really quick. and yeah. and, uh, and he's like, he's like, are you sure, Daddy? And I'm like, I'm sure. Like, it, <laughs> it looks amazing. It's going to be so fun. You're going to have a great party day. Yeah. Was and, there part of you that didn't believe that? That thought he, no, would, he might thought, go in and No, I, I, I had no reason would, to doubt that. actually exclude him I after this. I <laughs> had no reason to doubt that. And, I, and I'm like, Ann, I'm going to walk you in. Yeah. And so I put a crazy hat on. Uh-huh. And I parked out there, and I had Micah stay with Henry so that I could really concentrate on getting ah, Jude. Good. And I wanted After I wanted that every other kid, before kid. Yeah. I wanted every kid to know, like, oh, like Jude's dad is coming and walking him in. Oh, the that's so cool, and he's got kind of, his crazy hat. What was your crazy hat? It was an Oxfam beanie hat, actually. That's it, your which, crazy yeah, hat. Yeah, that was a crazy. I was improvising. Okay, all right. I was running. You make your kid dye his hair I'm green. All you running. can do is wear a frigging hat I know. with a pom pom. I know. I Keep know. going. It was more the I, I acted crazy. All right, you know that's which, fair, which he loved. I mean, yeah, your hair alone would have been crazy. I know. That's what I should have just done. I know. But Anyway, keep going. So, uh, so I'm. So, of course, it's almost eight o'clock at this point, and we're kind of jogging up, and I hear the intercom. It's like, it's nearly eight o'clock. Blah, blah blah. I'm like, oh my god, this is so fucking crazy intense. <laughs> it's actually a droid who runs the intercom. <laughs> they have it's drones like the droids from uh, <laughs> Phantom Menace. That's what it's yeah. Right, like, right. You know? <laughs> Um And then we uh, we get in the door. We run to his kindergarten class, and I turn the corner, and none of the other kids have done crazy yeah, the other day. I saw this coming, and up. they're all like. What? And Jude's like, oh, daddy. You son and then, of a like, bitch. it's eight you o'clock. The your door's son. locking. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> and then I'm like, getting pushed away. You and know. then you took your head off just so you wouldn't be embarrassed? <laughs> yeah. And you I pushed didn't. him in. And then I was like, hey, Hey, Charlie, it's uh, I also have crazy... And he's like, that's not a crazy hat. And I was like, I know, but I'm trying to not be the only one. <laughs> I didn't want him to be the only one with a crazy hat. Naturally. And of course I get like pulled away, you know, and the, yeah. the class starts and oh. I'm outside. And I'm sitting there like, fuck, now he's trapped in this building for like Why seven did hours. Need, was it the wrong day? Or did people just not no, care about it? No, everybody just sucked. Ugh. You that know, happens they had no, a lot. But, uh, well, hopefully
1: I, that was the moral of this story. Everyone sucks. The moral of the story is everyone right? sucks. No, the like, moral of the story is- You are unique. You're awesome. He, everyone else
0: sucks. He inspired other kids to do crazy things with their hair as well. What did they do? And Well, a lot of kids apparently had brought <laughs> things and they didn't have them stuff. on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. So like, like so so like, his friend like who, wow, who it's was a kind movement. Of making, making fun of his hair when I came in there and I thought it was going to be terrible actually had a troll's wig in his backpack uh. and he ended up putting it on to fit in with Jude and I, I, so I came home and I was like, "Oh my God, Jude's gonna like hate this." And he was like, "Daddy, can I always have my hair green?" That's and I was amazing. Like, yes. Oh, what Score a parenting one for win the that one turned around. Parent. So yeah, your good. kid
1: was the one who like started who who gave yeah. everyone permission yeah. to do that. How yeah. awesome is that? And he how was like, per- in the night! yeah, how appropriate too. Being yes, your kid, yes. you know that he would be the one to like stand out and... exactly to be awesome. singled
0: out for being a crazy person. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, it you was put nice. it in better
1: terms. Yes. Than that. That's awesome. And maybe a good segue to our episode on identity. Let's get rolling. Right?
0: Just one hack.
1: So this is kind of like a follow-up. You know, our first one we kind of framed around uh, forming identity and some of those awkward stages that we go through as young people. We can reflect back to our own time frame and, uh, you know, some of the stages we went through trying to explore who we want to be, right? Mm-hmm. So we at the end, we left off with this place of, like, thinking about how how do we actually maybe help cultivate that or what's our role in that? And specifically, how do we think about the fact that, you know, kids are kind of like the center of our world and we're raising them because that's how we feel. Like we're, we're putting more emphasis on that than maybe other generations have. Um, right. But we don't want to raise kids who feel like they are the center of the world. You know what I mean? And that, I don't know, that's been a helpful distinction for me to think about and like check myself a little bit. Um, and so I wanted to follow up on that. And in particular, maybe challenge us a little bit on this one, because I think... Um, you know, I like a challenge. Yeah, I know you do. Uh, millennials, of course, we've talked about this. You know, we get a lot of slack for um, being the sort of entitled generation, right? And a lot of that comes through some of the ways that we've been raised. Some have even criticized people like Mr. Rogers for helping create that kind of entitlement, <laughs> right? Um, and you rolled your eyes and, you know, ugh. And I, and I agree. Um, however,. There, there is something there that I want to explore more.
0: And there again, is something there, but when yeah. people try to weaponize it as a way to keep our generation, like, oh yeah, self-conscious, that's I'm, yeah, yeah. It's just I find it as so annoying. As opposed to
1: talking about it in a more productive way, or, yes, and or being like, you know uh, what, there's not, it's not, it's totally wrong to be yeah. raised thinking. Oh, you're also, special. a lot of the assholes who say it all the time are the people who raise kids. Like, it's your they're fault. The,
0: they're <laughs> our fucking parents' generation.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. That's I know. what blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, is yeah, the yeah, people
0: yeah. who say this are the people who cultivated it in the '80s that's right but the baby boomers and like, now they're those complaining the about it right, right? it's so crazy. It is crazy and making. also the baby boomers yeah. were like the peace generation who went on to fucking ruin the economy in the 80s yeah. because they all got conservative so thanks for that so yeah so like to be fair <laughs> and, 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 and what did you do exactly what did you do you fucking you, you, you <laughs> bought into a trickle down economics economy you got lazy you blew up our investment system and now You'd you're calling us entitled for... because yeah. you chose to give us fucking confidence as kids yeah. I just find that mind boggling I yeah. hear you. I do but I have a lot of rage about this. You do. I know. Let's let's
1: explore that I rage some challenge. more. So the book that I mentioned last week, I've been reading, and I feel like it's one that actually, you know, it's framed around these eight eight keys to old school parenting for modern day families. And what's nice is, you know, there's sort of eight different topics, and I feel like some of them we'll probably come back to in future episodes as well. And it's written by? And it's written by Michael Maskelo, who is actually, as I said last time, a professor who was a professor of Bethany's at Merrimack College. Um, and Do you
0: think he chose Merrimack just to keep the M's intact? Oh, definitely. It's I make pro- most of my probably decisions probably based on alliteration. Jalapenos. Yeah, definitely. Jalapenos. I focused on joy this year. Yes, see, exactly.
1: So the thing is, uh, so I wanted to get a better sense of like this guy, right? Because anyone you're reading, it's nice to like, it's nice that I have the extra context. Bethany had him as a professor. Yeah, right. He teaches developmental Personal psychology. Teacher. And maybe we'll have him on, you know, because he's, he's local. So that would be cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I thought I wanted to share this because it's kind of mind blowing. And Bethany had mentioned it to me when I asked her, like, you know, what do you remember from that class? And she said often there were these, you know, wonderful um, conversations in classes that just made you think in different ways. And one that stuck with her is the idea that so he teaches developmental psychology Mm -hmm. and it's like developmental, not just like, you know, kids, but like from birth till death. You know, you're always developing your brain. And uh, he talked about how. Um, any in- that's
0: interesting is that, so, so developmental psych is not just for kids
1: well I think often it is thought of that way and probably taught that way but mm. what she pointed out is that he very much taught it as a continuation that's why I've, I have heard that that's, yeah that's so cool. that alone is interesting yeah. right but think about this one and see how it hits you um, any information that we take in we have to either assimilate into our brain mm-hmm. right we have to take it in and sort of conform it to fit within our brain or it will change our schema and, and that's the only way you can take in any any information whatsoever. It fits mm-hmm. within your schema or you adapt your schema. Or you ignore it, right? Um, you could ignore but it as it, well. in ignoring it, you're not taking you're it You're sort of, yeah, exactly. Right.
0: Um, and really like stopping so and thinking either, about that. Either, it, yeah. either you make it fit your way of thinking exactly. or you change your way of thinking to accommodate, to accommodate it. it. So yeah. it's
1: accommodation and assimilation. Okay, I like that. And thinking about that in the context of kids and development and, and development for us as well. Um, the way, so I've thought about that a little bit and I feel like, you know, it's so fascinating to see with kids, everything, almost everything is, uh, it's not the assimilation. It actually is accommodating. It's like shifting their whole brain to be able to accept or understand something. And it's fascinating to watch, right? Like when you talk to your kids about something new, you can almost Mm. like see the fireworks in their brain, you know? right, right. Um, and that's amazing. And I feel like that happens you know, as we grow and as we get into school, and like hopefully we have good experiences in college where that can continue to happen. I can say for me, I felt like it was explosive, you know, in terms of uh, not just diarrhea, but also the actual brain. <laughs> Orgasms. Form- <laughs> yeah, right. No, actually, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish. No. <laughs> no, but with the brain, you know, adapting at that time frame, I yep. feel like it is. You can really like see how your brain is shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I would say specifically thinking more about other people and like going outside of myself in college was really uh, important. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I do feel like as we grow older, more and more we're taking in information and assimilating it rather than trying to accommodate, trying to expand our mind. And maybe that's like, you know, part of the development of your brain. It's like it's less uh, malleable as you grow. Yeah, Yeah. less plastic. But, But I think there's opportunities along the way in what we're doing right now and really, you know, more intentfully... Um, focusing on that like open-minded beginner's mind kind of thing, you know? And so I thought it'd be interesting to have that kind of conversation about a topic that I think you and I both have uh, initially kind of like uh, don't have great reactions to
0: in terms of the entitlement. You mean my shouting about it for yeah. five minutes? <laughs> I was putting it delicately. It, yeah. <laughs> you actually are at another level than me. I don't get quite as upset about this <laughs> as you.
1: Because you know what? Honestly, I also feel like you and I do fit into this weird um time frame where like I've heard it referred to as first generation, second generation millennials. I've also heard it as um I just heard this one recently. Exennials. That's crazy. Yeah I know, right? It's like on the cusp.
0: Well because change happens we're so just quickly now That that you can't mm-hmm. define generations. Well just and you by think birth, about you know? right
1: and you think about millennials and often they're they're characterized as being the generation that's always known technology. But for us actually that's not quite true. Like when we right. were kids it was very, very different than it is now. Yep. Whereas
0: kids even born five years after us radically different. Right, because in their early childhood, they were on the internet. For for us, the internet was something that came much later. Right. So we actually, you know, knew a
1: decent portion of our lives, either where it didn't exist or it wasn't as dominant as it is now. Um, Okay, so that's a little bit of background. Mm -hmm. So this book, Interesting Ideas, and one thing in particular, it's funny because I read it like the night after we talked, and I'm like, oh man, I wish I had this knowledge then. Yeah. We talked about identity as like, you know, that's kind of a loaded word. There's a lot that goes into that. And one important... um, Clarification there that I found helpful is thinking about it in terms of personality versus character. So and and thinking character is like you could say moral character. Okay, so personality is more like you know our disposition, right? So you might be more predisposed to. Um, I can't even think of a great example. <laughs> you know, well, like like outgoing and and, yeah, and bubbly. Exactly. You know? Perfect. Okay, you're bubbly all the time. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm bubbly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, whereas character. Is the area that I think uh, certainly Mascolo would argue there's a lot more work for parents to do in terms of helping cultivate character. Um, in other words, there's like, you know, there's a moral sort of uh, guide or, um, you know, we talked about us being that sort of role of Obi-Wan Kenobi or mm-hmm. or Gandalf. And the thing is, kids aren't just born with character. Like they're not just born knowing right, right and wrong. Um
0: As evidenced by anybody whose children have tried to beat them over the head with train (laughs) toys before.
1: Exactly. There's like in their brain, what's wrong with that, right? right? And so the idea, much of the idea behind this book is finding the right balance with parenting. And and he argues, as I said in the last one, that, you know, on one end of the spectrum is permissive parenting. On another is the authoritarian, right, where it's like all about just giving discipline and no – no ability for the child to find themselves, mm-hmm. and then the other end is like all about them finding themselves. And, you know, he specifically tackles the free-range kind of approach more because that's been the trend towards mm-hmm. letting kids find themselves.
0: Baby-led weaning. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know what he would say about that, but right. I still fully endorse baby-led weaning. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so you know, he advocates for parents playing like a clear role. And he, actually, he says there's some stuff we can learn from sort of, you know, quote unquote, old school parenting okay. in a modern age. So in particular. Can you define old school parenting? Well, I think it's that there's there is a much more hands on approach to the character piece of identity mm-hmm. that we actually are there to help our kids teach our kids right and wrong. So like Atticus give Finch give more style guidelines. Parenting. What do you mean by that? Well, if you read to kill? I mean Dickel it's been Monkenberg? ages.
0: Yes, but oh, such a great, such a great book. I, I think of Atticus Finch as, as just like he had such a clear moral compass and was so yeah. and was so willing to impart that to Scout, you know, yeah, but I yeah. feel like that's sort of something that I think of when I think yeah, of the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um I think often with our our generation and it started before that, there's maybe a little bit of a reluctance to tell kids how to think. We sometimes mm-hmm. put it in those words. Um but the reality is, you know, his point is like I think we're the only species who it really takes like a good couple of decades for uh, for this human being to reach full maturity, mm-hmm. you know, at least a couple decades. Um, Some of
0: us are still on that journey, John. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, you know, you think about how complex our brains are, and it kind of makes sense that it would take a long time yeah. for them to fully develop, right? Right. Um, and so we can actually play a role in that as parents. And so, again, he, you know, would distinguish personality from character. And if we're thinking about character as the thing that we can work to sort of cultivate, um, within that, there's this idea of... Uh, a growth versus fixed mindset towards learning. And mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about this one because it comes into play very much when we talk about, well, it's how you sort of cultivate character. And the the difference between um, growth versus fixed is that, and it speaks directly to some of the sort of entitlement that we're talking about. Fixed is that you have inherent worth um, and not in the, like the human rights kind of sense of this, like that we should be clear about the fact that there's inherent worth in every human being as part of sort of a, you know, rights that we have as human beings, a set of basic rights. But th- what we're talking about here is sort of like a inherent worth or inherent skill set. And you're just like, that is, you know, it's a fixed mindset. It's like, I'm going to be a musician, you mm-hmm. know, and that's just something I have innate in me. Um, and I will get a trophy for every piece of work that I do. That's how it know. works, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm tying back to know, like the, know, the, the trophy thing that people often cite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas um, growth mindset is much more about the idea that we're all, you know, we are, are all sort of, uh, I'm not using the exact words he's using because I don't remember, but the way I interpreted it is that we're all sort of imperfect, and that we are all sort of, we need to grow into who we want to be. Like, that's yeah. always a work in progress, I mm-hmm. guess. You know what I mean? As opposed to something that's just, like, fixed. You're mm-hmm. just born with it or you aren't. Um, and what he argues is that, uh, you know, just focusing on praise all the time and sort of protecting our kids from failure, like, you know, praising artwork that's crap, <laughs> you know, like saying that's amazing, maybe just focusing on the effort rather than the output, um, actually can have a negative Uh, effect on self-esteem so as much as we think we're you know giving every kid a trophy because we want to build them up Mm -hmm. it in fact can do the opposite because we then have a mindset of like basically trying to avoid any kind of negative feedback and if we do get that kind of feedback later in life which it's inevitable we will right? like when you enter the workforce it's not gonna be what school was or whatever Um, then it's like oh I'm bad you know I'm not I don't possess the skills to do this in a fixed mindset Whereas a growth mindset, it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm working on that. That's Mm -hmm. like something that I'm not good at right now, but I can actually get better at it. And I thought that was an interesting distinction because um, often we do hear this argument in very, like, unproductive terms, like we said. Um, And this one got me thinking, like, where – how do I think about that with my own kids? Like, when they – you know, now Grace is three and her artwork is mostly crap. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, so I'm not going to, like, you know, I don't think it's the age to start being like, well, well you know, that's if what I was line, It's a sliding vector, right? I, that's I think right. As,
0: as time goes on, your approach to this has to change. the reality it, it does, is, is that, yeah. like, when Henry draws a blob of orange on the paper and he says, that's Godzilla, and here are his teeth and <laughs> his feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to be like, that looks nothing Can like Godzilla. Can you imagine you just show him a printout print and you're like, look, the color's not right, <laughs> right, right? There's no shape You there. call this representational yeah, artwork? He has 50 teeth, not 20. What are those dorsal spines doing? They look like shit! Uh, you got no future in this yeah, town yeah exactly i mean obviously i'm not going to say that but even at jude's age if he if he brings but and actually his artwork has been getting really good lately yeah yeah and i am impressed by it because i don't have a frame of reference for whether or not a five-year-old oh artwork i think that's so like that. Yes. and i'm not and i'm not going to be what, what the vibe that i get from people who who say things like i'm not your friend i'm your parent <laughs> or the people who say things like millennials get a participation trophy yeah the virtue signal wow everything the tone of these people. These fucking people. I, I get the sense that that like, they would expect me to be like, well, let's see how Ryan's Death Star looks. Is it better than yours? Then you know what, yours is <laughs> shit. Keep trying, which I think is so counterproductive. Uh, of right? Of course it is. Of I course. think it's. I but you know. So for example, recently, yeah, I don't, and we'll get back to the book in a second. No, but no, recently, no, no. This is good. This you is know, what we were I de- talk we were about. designing space stations. Okay. Yeah. Of course, um, naturally. Influence yeah, blueprints out. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were cross sections. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that awesome. It was awesome. based on the museum of science trips that we've been taking. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, and seeing yeah. With the ISS is the, works, yeah, right? Special exhibit now. Yes, exactly. Um, and so, so Jude and I were doing this on the on the back porch. You know, and yeah. um, it was really fun. And mine was was obviously. Good Shit. Like I, I, it was fucking horrible. <laughs> but like, but I, I, I do. You know, I'm not great at drawing, but of I'm, course. I'm good enough that I can do a good. Isn't enough it awesome job when you do you stuff like that? I find this with things. sports too. When I play with kids, I feel like I'm fucking <laughs> yeah, boss. Yeah, I do. You no, know, like you I was never that? like an so, athletic I've person, like but this. I'm like a goddamn all star. <laughs> like, you know, so kicking fast. that ball, I can kick a goal like nobody's business. <laughs> you punch teeth out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's nice. But like, builds my self esteem. But Jude's had so it was very cute because because mine was like i had the different research areas lined out for the different missions they're doing and jude just had like nine playrooms in yeah. his you know yeah 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 so what do you want me to do be like you know what that's a dumb idea <laughs> i feel like these people on facebook who say this shit i like, mean that's what they would forget about say, those people right? forget about those we don't care okay. about those people okay, Patrick right, right. because obviously but what i did do yes. and this is what i think is the right approach yeah. which i'm biased because of course i think what i'm doing right. is the right approach yeah, of course but what i did do was i say well are they going to do research in the playroom yeah because if so, then they're going to need, you know, a and lab set up. Of in course. Right? Yeah. So then we play with that. And then at the end of the day, I'm not going to be like, well, this is not finished yet. We're going to come back to it tomorrow. I'm going to be like, we fucking drew space stations on the back porch for four <laughs> minutes, you know?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, it, as I'm kids so get with older, you. Mm-hmm.
0: It, so if, if somebody is in high school taking art classes and their artwork looks like shit. Yeah. Then, yeah, I'm not going to be like, that's the greatest art I've seen in my entire life. Naturally. I'm going to be like, well, you know, maybe we could find out ways to make the perspective work because it looks like this guy's way bigger than that guy, but I don't think you meant to do that. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's okay. But- I, I don't get – when people say things like the participation trophy, virtue yeah. signaling, yeah. I read Breitbart every day, These these people – <laughs> not to generalize. I read not every not time. that I'm thinking of specific people. No, I'm going to push
1: back on this. I think. I think. Okay, well, then push back. You're, on it You're in, going in one after second. the extremes, which is easy. I'm going you know down what a I rabbit mean? hole. It's I, I, like, okay. yes, there
0: are those idiots. But what who, are they talking about?
1: Like, I don't like, know what, what the, are, I don't know what those people are talking about. What well, I can tell you, what I'm okay. talking about, and what I am trying to interpret here, and I I'm trying to challenge myself in the way that I think about it. Okay. So let's take a more realistic example. As kids get older, and you know, you're going to be in this earlier than I am because Grace isn't even in school yet, so it's hard for me to imagine. But like. What if, you know, what if Jude comes back and uh, I, when do they even start grading stuff? I mean, he's in kindergarten, so they're not even doing that yet, right? Uh, no, they get evaluated. Um, but there's, like, some evaluation. Okay, so, like, let's say, what is it? Uh, shapes? I, I mean, that's like preschool. It's well, Give me a real no, example. No, k-
0: kindergarten now is literally, they're, Coding on the computer in Google Chrome. <laughs> Remember, I told you about that. <laughs> you did. No, yes. They, they really, they really have. Like, but they, I'm just they, thinking of like, so what's things, a real assignment so hand, that hand, he, hand he might get rated hand, on? Handwriting and and reading comprehension. So okay. for example, they have these books yeah. that they get to take home that have wor- simple words. Yep. And then you can quiz the words with a picture on the other side of the page. Yep. So things like that they get evaluated on. Okay. And if it's clear to tell uppercase versus lowercase, yeah. Kind of thing. So okay. there's a perfect example where if you were looking at one of those with Jude,
1: right? And he brought it back, and like, let's just say he did, you know, okay. Like, there's some stuff that was good. There's some stuff that needs to be improved. Um, the point is, you wouldn't just focus on like you did a great job. You tried, you know, you gave it your best effort. Right. And no, I look tell at, him that. Yeah, that, I'm not, yeah, that's I'm not, not saying what a lower this case is what you're age. doing. No, I know, but but yeah. I'm saying
0: I'm saying like, do these people assume that mm-hmm. we don't do that? Is what I'm saying. That millennial parents are incapable of saying a lowercase h doesn't look like. that.
1: I think that there is an assumption about not at a specific level, but at a broad level that uh, that we are embracing a more free roaming kind of child, like the idea that we need to embrace. A child who is out there to explore and learn for themselves, and that we as parents are there to foster that. Have you and ever not met anybody like give that? Give shape to it. I mean, no, it's like, I think it's the narrative that has formed. I think these people just
0: exist in these people's heads as scapegoats for what they think is wrong with society. I think that they could think be. they think that young people, because they move jobs more quickly, and because they do most of the work online, yeah. and because they live with their parents longer, because the economy sucks, so et cetera, you, I think that they're trying to reduce it to the fact that we were raised poorly, of when course. I think we were raised really well.
1: There's a whole, I mean, it's super, I feel like there's a I'm whole complex set, set of... No, 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 I want to know, though, do you, have you experienced interactions with... Other people of our generation where you've thought like, oh, that's interesting that that person feels like they sort of deserve that. Or um, has the entitlement thing ever entered your brain as potentially, you know, um,
0: like judging be- being other a, parents for it?
1: No, not necessarily parents, even just other people of our generation, because
0: I've experienced Well, yeah, it. but give me an example of what you're talking about.
1: Well, I mean, I've seen I've been surprised at. Some people, and they're specifically in the workforce, and this is something Bethany and I talk about because we work with other people who are millennials, and certainly I'm not going to call out people specifically, but I've experienced moments where uh, I've been surprised at how much people think they, how quickly they should um, get a promotion or how quickly they feel like they deserve something, even though they really haven't worked at it much. They're just entering the workforce. And they there's an expectation that I've seen um, where people feel like, I earn that. I deserve it right now. Like I'm worthy, I'm smart, I've I was I got a really high GPA in yes. college. Okay, I've experienced and, that before. Yeah. And yeah. I
0: think I think it's that sort of thing. But I think it's because they're young people. Uh, I, see, I, I think it's because you don't know that until you get in the workforce and I, you realize you can't just always get what you want. I and think that's part of it. I growing think up. that's
1: part of it for sure. I, I've also I used to really think, you know what, this is just every generation has this, right? Where they complain about the previous generation. Yeah. And but you disagree. Lo- well, the more I, I don't know. I guess with ex- some experience in like reading about this, um, I feel like there is some truth in that. And and specifically thinking about how kids are raised, I I came to understand more of what Maskelo was saying in this book that if if people are if the focus is purely on self esteem and it's in this very direct way where we're sort of like embracing all the good and maybe downplaying all the bad and trying to like buffer or shelter our kids from some of the bad. Uh, I, I can see how that would create a warped sort of self esteem where people take feedback that you're giving them about something as like an attack on them as a person and not able to actually think of themselves as a growing human being. You know, and I, I don't know. I, I have experienced it with people that I talk to of our generation. And uh, I think it is real to some extent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I mean, I.
0: I and you I, think it's specific to this generation? Th- that's what I'm saying.
1: I do because I yeah. think that. Uh, and I think a lot of good, by the way, like I'm only talking about the bad, but there's a lot of good in terms of the expectations that young people have of work, too. Like in terms of work, like balance and being flexible, and like, you know, work now is, I think, thought of in a different way, you know, whereas past generations, another example is the emphasis was on just like you go to work, you do your work, you want to, you know, you get money, you get paid, you stay there for 40 years. You stay there for 40 years, and that's it. And there yeah. wasn't like a challenging, uh, of, like, why are you working? What is it that's really rewarding to you? What's going to feed your soul? Like, I feel yeah. like that is a, a great advancement for us um, as young people to be able to work at things that we love doing. That's why we're here at Oxfam. Um, so, so I, you know, I'm only focusing on some of the bad, but uh, I think there's a lot of good there, too. I think that the difference in generations, a lot of it does come into play because, first of all, context, like when you're raised and the sort of hard times that you've had to go through or not. Um, and I think a lot of our generation up until, you know, the terrorist attack in 2001, which is like a defining moment of our generation, Mm -hmm. um, I think we didn't really experience a lot of, like, uh, hard times in this country. Um, And then the way that technology has played out, I think, shapes the way that we think about ourselves and the world and our identity. So I do feel like each generation, there's a unique context that shapes who you are and the sort of um, character, you know, what you prize, what you are focused on. In terms of building your own character and the virtues that you believe. So I I think it's fair to say that there's distinction between generations.
0: Oh I think completely I, I think you, there are distinctions between generations. I'm yeah. I'm saying specifically entitlement. Yeah. So you think that there are specific differences with entitlement, and I'm not saying you're the only one saying oh, no, this. No, no, I hear no. this all the time. I have to believe and that... I don't interface with people younger than me yeah. that frequently okay so yeah. I'm not so so I believe you if this is true, and well, many people say it's this. true from my perspective, but I, I guess what I'm just to me, I don't look at it look at it at so if if I am in managing somebody and they want a promotion and they yeah. don't get it, yeah, I'm not gonna say. Um, like, you didn't get it because you're not good enough, right? <laughs> right. I'm going to say, well, I want you to get this promotion, but there's things that have to happen before that, and I'm going to work with you exactly. on that. Exactly. And I'm going to be here for you, yes. and we're going to we're gonna make this work. Yeah. Because, like, you have worth, and I get that, and I also, like, want you to know that you're not going to be able to get easy handouts through your career. Right. But, like, here's how you can work towards them, right? Yeah. And you can be productive about it. I get the sense that a lot of people- And what if you're working
1: with someone yeah. who
0: you say all that to-
1: and I fire them, and
0: they're not hearing any. Well, <laughs> then they then they're gone, and then they they fucking they crash and burn, and yeah. then they figure out what their life but is I think, all about. Right? I think
1: that's where it's 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 more complicated. Like it's not it's not a black and white thing, and it's actually um, what you just said is totally reasonable. But if you're talking to someone who's been raised in such a way that all they know is I'm good, I am good at this, and like the the feedback that I get, that means that they're telling me that I'm not good, and I, and that means I shouldn't be doing this or you know, it really calls into question there, like who they are. Yeah. It's not a case of like, yeah, I'm. There's times where I just suck at the, you know, or I'm not going to be good, and I want to learn
0: from you so I can grow. I mean, I don't want to generalize what I'm either. Thinking, what I'm thinking is that. Ten years ago, yeah. I probably would have felt more like that. Yeah. Ten years ago, for example. I think I didn't you get are in, right about the maturity I didn't in get into it. a doctoral program, yeah. and I was you like, kinda like live severely through depressed about that, and yeah. I took it very personally, not like they hated me, but right. that I just wasn't good enough, and that it was saying something about me as an artist and a person, yeah. that they were rejecting me, right? Mm-hmm. And that was really hard. And I think everybody I know who similarly didn't get into doctoral programs, which is almost everybody that I know. Yeah. Felt the same way about it, and we we were really and most people did not come back to music after that. Most of my peers never composed again. Mm. After that. So what does that say to you? That that says that they didn't weren't doing what they wanted to do, and and that some hit resilience them when they were young there. enough because they were resilient enough because they were still young enough yeah. where they could find something else they wanted to do, and a lot of them have gone uh, on to do really wonderful things outside of that, right? But
1: but do you think the fact that they then gave up on music entirely, many of them, is what you just said? Um, if they were raised in such a way where you know them not getting accepted. Um, it's going to be a hard blow. Like there's no avoiding that. But like if if our parenting is focused on uh, helping kids work through failure and seeing failure as an opportunity to grow as an individual, you know, might they like you find an opportunity to still work on that? And and yeah, I'm not judging them. Like all you know, who knows what the reasons were? Maybe it was like a genuine you know just focusing down a different path, and that's all good. Mm-hmm. But my point is, I'm really liking this idea of as a parent. Focusing as much on failure as as success, because I think that if we can cultivate that kind of um, resilience or perseverance, um, that feels like a really good thing. You know, it feels like of course it does. It, yeah, it's setting your kids great. up to really be able to navigate life's challenges and and kind of lean into some of that. But you is know? the
0: problem then going to be that in, in encouraging them to um, persevere through hardship, that you're telling them that the hardship? Um, I, I I guess what I'm what I'm confused about is like. Do people not do that? I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I think, don't understand. I think it's just being young and being kind of stupid. I totally think that that's part. Of it. And I then figuring out, and then, into it. and it's even part of the narrative of our species that we tell, which is that in your twenties, you have to question who you are and what you're doing. Yes. And you're fucking terrible at a lot of things. That's right. And you haven't been right. Yeah. For the most part, because yeah. you haven't been really tested. You've had quizzes and things like that. <laughs> but you haven't had life tests where if I don't get this job, I can't afford to live here anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I don't get this job, I can't get married because we can't support you know our dual um situation and blah 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 right right um that happens in your 20s and so by the time you get in your 30s usually not always you have some sort of a codified idea of who you're going to be and by that point so for example I got rejected from a $12,000 grant last week Mm -hmm. that I had been really hoping I was going to get of course and that I was told I would be a shoe in for because Mm. I I, you know other people other people in my position have been getting this grant from Harvard and I was like kind of assuming that was going to happen yeah, and it didn't happen and I was like okay then I'll find another grant you know right? but 10 years ago I would have been fucking devastated and I would have thought like I can't write music anymore more like, what am I doing with my life? Now I'm not like that. But so, it's not because I was raised any differently than other people. It's because I'm 33.
1: You, but do you think that everyone arrives there at the same place in terms of uh, that realization that failure isn't necessarily like a judgment of who I am? In the 30s? Or, anytime. Like, I don't, I, I don't know the answer to this question. But I think that the self-awareness that you're talking about, I've also experienced. I, I kind of – it's almost helpful to think of this not so much as the generational thing, but just like – Uh, The differences that you see between people generally, you know, like there are some people who I think um, can persevere in that way. And there are some people who I I think don't necessarily, I don't know, there's all sorts of things going on. But like self-awareness is a big one that we've talked about, right? Just being more intentional and thinking about or reflecting back so that we can actually grow as adults. I mean, I I, I think we both have a growth mindset. So um, there's a lot to be said for that. But I don't think everyone gets there or at least maybe it's all about when you get there maybe some people get there in their 60s maybe some people get there in their 20s i have no idea but um i appreciated the framing of this in that way and and specifically thinking about the role that we can play as parents is mm-hmm. actually being you know maybe more than we thought in our conversation the last time i was i was kind of thinking How much control do we really have over identity, right? It's like a self-exploration. And I think a lot of that's true. But focusing on the character piece in particular um, can be interesting. So, you know, like the one really practical way of doing it, and I just did this with Bethany the other night, is thinking about – in the book there's like a whole list of virtues, right? And thinking about you and what you want to really prioritize with your kids. Like think about, you know, three virtues that you want to focus on, Um, which can just be an interesting moment to look and really think through. Like what do I – like what – How am I doing, you know, if if I'm saying, you know, love and empathy are really critical virtues. Yeah, love, empathy, and resilience. Yeah. Those are huge ones right there, right? So I think some of the ones that we talked about were um, love and empathy. Self-care was one that Bethany thought was really high, and we had a good conversation about that because for me Mm. self-care might be a little too, like, self-absorbed. But she Mm. pointed out that there's, like, a... You know, through healthy self care, that's how you're able to be someone who can.
0: Don't we have a, we have a whole um, episode about? That, we did we? exactly,
1: yeah. I know we've talked everything. <laughs> um, and then what was the other one we focused on? Oh, growth. It was another one, a virtue right. that we thought. So anyway, in thinking about them and then challenging yourself, like when I, you know, discipline Grace for like throwing the toys everywhere, but I'm saying I want to cultivate someone who is curious. How might I parent a little mm. bit differently? You that's know, a good, that's a really cool way. To look so at like, it, yeah. yeah. So I appreciate that part of it. Um, and just. Beyond that, I think this growth mindset is really, I feel like it's an important role that I can play as a parent. If I can teach Grace that, um, you know, as she gets a little bit older and comes back with an assignment that she didn't do so well on, you know, yeah, you gave it a lot of effort. You're still not there where you want to get to eventually. And here's how, you know, you can work on that and, and ace that test or whatever it is. Um, rather than, I've seen this with some parents who do focus a lot more on, you know, you gave it your best shot. Or, or, like, I've even seen people who talk about, like, oh, well, that teacher isn't necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, good or like trying to. Well, that's terrible it's parenting. A I mean, thing. that's something that I, I just yeah. haven't seen. But, yeah. but if, if people like, they really. They don't know how do good that, you really are. But, I, you I, know, it's
0: the problem is when <laughs> that gets, yeah, right. When that gets generalized to a whole, like, generational mindset, yeah. it's so problematic. I haven't seen parents do that before. Yeah. If, I, if I had I, would, like I a, would see them and be like, oh, that's a bad parent. Right? right. But, I mean, yeah. If somebody gets a shitty grade on a test. Yeah. You look at why they got a shitty grade on the test, or right? maybe this is a better example. What about
1: confrontation, like when they're dealing with conflict? Like if, a t- if you if, get a trampoline, if your kid, yeah, <laughs> you picture yourself punching that person. <laughs> Not even like a bully situation, right. but imagine you know it's a conflict at school that they're dealing with, um, where it's more about a difference of perspective. Like you know, they I, I can't think of a good example, but I, I I can see this too playing out in such a way where you want to be on your kid's side and help them, like you know, just understand what they're talking about and maybe build them up, right? Um, but are there opportunities to challenge them yeah, right, to see the other right, person's perspective? Right. You know what I mean? So it's stuff I think, like that, I think too. The,
0: I think you're keying into something important, which is that it, the growth mindset is at the heart of all of these yeah. things, right? So yeah. so it's not a tough love thing. It's not no, the sort of like no, no. simple, it's not like a you know focus on-
1: And I know old school, like that. that's a loaded school. kind of term. And,
0: and to me, it's problematic because it yeah. makes it, and I, I guarantee I'm going to get texts from some people that listen to the show that are going to say like, oh, like, trust me, millennials are just as bad as they make it out to be. And these kids <laughs> today, like, you don't interface <laughs> with them. You have no idea what they're going through. yeah. yeah how shitty they are. But to me, it is more about encouraging an overall mindset of I am on a journey yes and i'm open exactly and i'm excited about that journey and it's okay if things don't go as expected as we brought up on so many episodes before right yeah if things don't go well you look at how you could do better or you look at what other adventures there that's are. the healthy if you tell the kids that they say. can't watch tv anymore then while they're screaming about it you say but here's something else we can do right here's a story we can tell here's something else experiential then you cut off the bad behavior by giving them something else to focus on right right so like so if, if they get a bad test you give them things to focus on to do better next time, or you give them ways to self reflect and be like, oh, okay. And if the, sometimes there are bad teachers, right? Oh, absolutely. So you say, you know what? Part of this is the fact that this is a shit teacher, but <laughs> we do have to get around that by other things, and so we'll get tutoring for it. You right. Know? Right. Right. It's so. Obviously, my approach
1: is just going to be your first or your last. To everything. Yeah. Right? You <laughs> yeah. Know? Your first or your last. Second is losing. Tell day good nights. Uh, just to keep the, our back. Will Ferrell uh, uh, quotes going. Stepdads. Yeah. Exactly. And there's this whole chart of like, you know, the differences between this fixed mindset versus growth mindset. So like, uh, let's see, mistakes is an example. So like a fixed mindset is more about, you know, it produces a loss of self-esteem and confidence, whereas um, a mistake for someone who's in a growth mindset means that I have not yet mastered what I'm trying to learn. It's just part of the journey, like you said. Um, Or asking for help. Here's another one, you know, like in in the fixed mindset, that means I have a weakness that I don't want to show people. Um, And I've seen this play out in adults, too. Whereas uh, asking for help with a growth mindset is a sign of strength and security. It means that I am not afraid to acknowledge areas in which I need to work harder. Ask for help allows me to improve. You know, so like I, I think it, you're right that it can be dangerous to think of this just in generational terms. Um, and, you know, I also want to say, like, I think <laughs> I have so much hope in our generation um, as a generation who has is so much more aware of the world, of other people, um, uh, not just technology blindly, although I think there's an element to that. Um, but I think there's a generation who has a real desire to use technology for good, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I think we have to be careful about the intentions and and that matching the results, because I think that's where there's a gap right now. But uh, but I think I think we're an awesome generation, and I think there's so much potential there. So I also don't want this to come across as a bashing of millennials. I've worked with many great ones. Uh, except and, for the one I'm talking not, to right now, but yeah, right, um, this piece of shit. You're not coming across yeah. like that. And the, yeah. the
0: reason why I'm I'm being careful and kind of treading lightly is because there will be people who will listen to this episode, yeah, and they will immediately form a lot of assumptions about because we're coming from different sides of this argument, yeah. They're going to form a lot of assumptions about things that we might be generalizing or... Oh, for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I find that on the other podcasts a lot of the time, if I'm on one side of an argument, people assume all these other opinions. Yeah, that I wrote, right? that's so true. Because they, they think like, well, he's against this. That means... Blah, 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 yes. Or they, this means... Blah, blah, blah. But the reality is so much <laughs> more complicated than that. It's It's okay for you to call out entitled millennials Yeah. And it's okay for me to call out bitter older people who think that they did nothing wrong. They're both real things. <laughs> they're both real things, and they're both complicated. Well, things, right?
1: I mean, I'm again, like, I don't want to just sort of uh, put us up high, but I, I think that that is a result of sort of non-binary thinking of a maturity of our thinking, and that we can hold those things at the same time. Yeah. You know, like there's some truth to both, um, and it's not black and white. And uh, deal
0: with it. <laughs> yeah, and it's more, it's more complicated. Yeah, and we yeah. want to raise kids who are aware of that in the first. That's place, right. No? Yeah. So like. I, I I do want to before we close I want to just touch on something that you probably have actual information about from the book but something <laughs> yeah, something know. that I'm thinking about Yeah which is that it is, as I mentioned, a kind of a sliding vector. So when they're really little- I think that's so true. When they're very little, I think positive reinforcement is really great at allowing them to kind of explore themselves and explore yeah. the world and to get confidence. That way, when they do get into school and they have that confidence tested a lot, yeah. they feel like they have capabilities and oh, totally. not just sort of worthless, you know? <laughs> that's then generally a good thing, yeah. <laughs> right worth in yeah. your kid in, yeah. in general, it's that and worth, don't get your yeah. arm cut off by the front door. Yes. But there does Poor come a time, genre. right, where that starts to change. Yes. You know, and it's and I don't. Do you? I I would say maybe twelve. I don't know to where me, it is. To me, what's well, well, like so I think, seven or eight. But he
1: even here, I think it's not a black and white thing. You're right, I think you're it right, slides right. into it. So you're there's right. probably opportunities even now. You know where we could start. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe more Jude's age, but like well, something like you know, for like the
0: the lowercase H, for example. Yeah, Jude brought home a whole thing that he had made with the whole alphabet. Right. With the intent of showing it to me, yes, right? Yes. And I was I was really excited about it, and I was really supportive. But I was like, "Let's fix a couple of these letters because they're not right." And exactly. Practice so it, right? that
1: that to me is a perfect example where you're you're encouraging him for doing it. It's awesome that he brought it to you. And you're pointing out some areas where, you know, they could be better. And but being it's like, I understand, because there was a time when I didn't know how to do that either. Of course.
0: Right? And, and that's part of it, too, is contextualizing yeah. the criticism. That's I think right. that's key. Okay? Yes, yes, yes. I, just like the whole, like, I'm, no, no, I'm not your just friend. Just being critical for the sake of being critical is not going to help anyone. And a lot, a lot of people do that. I, I think, think a, lot, right. a lot of the people who think that raising kids in a more um, responsive way or yeah. a more growth-oriented way mm-hmm. do parent by just saying, that's not right. Yeah. Do it again. Oh man! Go up to your room and write that sentence forty-five times until it looks right. Certainly not the case, right? Yeah, but there are things in that that are useful. Which is like, yeah, you learn by doing. So let's practice for ten minutes and do this together. And that's the balance we're talking about here. And the reason is not because I'm the sort of arbiter of everything that's good in the world and I know everything. The reason is because like that's how you learn to do stuff, right? And it's fun. Yeah, you know, it's fun to learn how to do things, and it's very fun. And I try to model this with the kids. Mm -hmm. It's very fun to find out you're bad at something interesting yeah. Yeah, I, yeah i really appreciate See,
1: i i think and and this is something i read a little bit about too even just the the contextualizing things as fun i think is another one that we should challenge ourselves on and i i say we for a lot of this stuff because i think we come from a similar place here of understanding the spectrum and i don't think either of us are all all the way on the permissive no side yeah. where we just think kids should free roam and all that um but i think that here's an example where uh, I this Bethany tells me this all the time where I try to like make cleaning fun or other things fun and she actually like pushes back on me sometimes and it's like why does it have to be fun like some things you should do because it's the right thing to do mm-hmm. and like it's the thing that you should demand uh, demand is a harsh word okay but like the point is you're also trying to cultivate some discipline in kids right so they're not just assholes out in the world of course yeah. um, and so i I'm trying to be aware of this in myself and my tendency to want to make things fun all the time. And the reality is, and again, this is an age thing as they get older, but there are some things where it's like, it's okay if it's not fun. And that's all right. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, you're not, you're going to not do it. Um, but it's also to acknowledge, it's also fine to acknowledge that that's maybe not a fun thing.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But in acknowledging that it's not a fun thing. Yeah. You're also acknowledging – I think it's important to acknowledge that they can change that themselves. Right? Yes, yes. If you're not having fun cleaning up your room, then find ways to justify doing it that aren't just I'm being told to clean up my room. That's you know? true, yes. I'm cleaning my room so I can walk and play in it because we have to build a puzzle and there's no <laughs> oh, space for it. Oh, that's so right? true. The context thing, that's right? also something that's pointed out. Is it's like not just so garbage inc- night. It's That it's really like,
1: distinguishes the authoritarian from the authoritative parent where you're like giving actual reasons behind something. Yeah. Um, and one of the things we should come back to in a future episode when I finish this chapter is about, <laughs> is about discipline. And I, I was really struck by some of the stuff he has to say about that and how uh, basically punishment doesn't work at all. Neither does rewards. Um, but the idea oh, of both are, a are just like ju- it's just the wrong framework for it so, so do anyway do nothing is what you're saying yeah yeah exactly just, just, <laughs> just go to sleep Um, and, and but I want to also say that this is all just like you know reading from one book and as I'm processing it there's things that I agree with things that I don't maybe some mm-hmm. things that resonate more but like you know we should all be critical thinkers here and sure. Uh, and
0: at the end of the day this is a guy whose job it is to do this so like yeah. I, I'm not I'm not calling him out saying he's wrong of course of course i'm saying that like in my personal experience and my life experience <clears throat> i find that it becomes way too easy to become encamped yes right it's this age or it's that so age. true it's you either are a tough parent or you're an easygoing parent yeah. Blah, yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. and i think it's really important to have a growth mindset ourselves as we experience those things uh, absolutely and think what actually how how am i raising my kid well you know? and like we
1: come back to so often it's modeling it so if we have that growth mindset that's going to help them if yeah. we point out our own failures like you know what i didn't do i didn't get that job and maybe right. talk through that or you know whatever it is um yeah yeah cool. well that was good we, we'll continue it and as a, you know maybe we can focus on some of the other topics that are raised here um after we go through your guilt uh <laughs> <laughs> we have a, to get it off after our chest. therapy session. <laughs> yeah, we'll,
0: we'll we'll definitely come back to this person. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Thanks.